Turn to somebody and tell them we're, we are people of vision. Yeah, that's what the harvest is all about. The harvest is full of vision. And as people, are, we're full of vision. Like Sister Angie said, if our provision could catch up our, with our vision, you'll have no idea what we're going to do. We always seem to be uh, outpacing the provision, but God seems to do it anyway. We have great vision. We are people of destiny. Turn to somebody and tell them we are people of destiny. Yeah, we're full of destiny, full of hope, full of, uh, you know, grasping for the future, understanding that God has something for us more. And we're not afraid to take on a challenge. We're not afraid to do something the first time in our community. And we've done several things in the last couple of years for the, uh, the first ever been done by anybody, church or secular organizations. We've done it the first. We've been the first ones to have a shelter for homeless families, to have a triage center, to open up this new facility for uh, these uh, young adults who are on the streets and needing another chance. We're the first to do that. We are people that are always uh, forward thinking. We're, we don't want to be uh, church as usual. How many of you are sick and tired of church as usual? I can't stand it. I hate it. I hate church as usual. So we're forward thinking. We're always thinking ahead of where we've been and what God wants to do. And we are people of hope. Turn to somebody and tell them we are people of hope. We are hopelessly hopeful. Hallelujah. Here at the harvest, we are hopeless, hopeless, forget it, we are hopeful. <laughs> and we're people of faith. We believe in faith. We believe that faith works. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hallelujah. We're faith walkers and faith talkers. We talk faith. We walk faith. We live faith. We confess faith. Hallelujah. But the reason we have destiny and the reason that we're looking forward and the reason that we're reaching ahead and the reason we're able to do the things uh, first and, and lead the way, the reason that we're, we are full of hope and full of faith is because we are people of promise. We believe in the promises of God. I wish somebody would say hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah. We're a church that believe in the promises of God. I really believe if God spoke it, God's going to bring it to pass. I believe it with all of my heart. I believe it over the last 30-something years here in Sarasota that God said he was going to do some things. And now I see God say doing what he said he was going to do 30 years ago. We believe in the promises of God. The reason we have hope and destiny and faith is because we have chosen to believe what God has said rather than the circumstances and perhaps people. Turn to somebody and tell them, I believe in the promises of God. We're full of promise, full of hope and full of faith. As a matter of fact, most of us don't have anything else. But it's more than enough. If you've got a promise from God, you can go to the bank with it. But we need to position ourselves. You can have a promise and never participate in it. 
if you don't choose to, to position yourself. You have to believe the promise. Now, do me a favor. If you're called to the mission field and you have a promise that you're going to go to the mission field, don't go out next week and go on $300,000 in debt. Don't buy a new car unless you plan on giving it to me. <laughs> Paid for. It would be silly. It would be ridiculous. You need to position yourself in order to walk in the promise. Will someone say amen? amen? It is possible to have a promise and never walk it out. I've seen it. I've watched it. Well-meaning people, understanding that God had something for them, understanding that God had set a portion of what he needed done for them. And I've watched them fall by the wayside. I've watched them turn away. I've watched them mess up their life so they could never really sincerely walk in the promise that God gave them. I've watched them lose sight of it. Get confused about it. Their vision blurred because of the storms of life that come and go. You can miss it. I understand that there were some wise virgins and there were some foolish virgins. And the foolish virgins entered in, didn't enter in and the wise virgins did. The foolish virgins blew it. They didn't have the time. They were not prepared. They did not enter into the, to the chamber. So there are those who are foolish who never walk in the promise of God. They've never prepared their life, their heart, their mind, their thinking, their intent in life. But there are those that are wise that are able to enter in and spend the night the best night of their life in the presence of the groom, the king of kings. Will somebody say hallelujah with me? Don't be foolish concerning the promises of God. They're real. I said they're real. It's not fictitious. They're real. I want to sing that song. Every promise in the book is mine. You sing it. Say, I didn't go to Sunday school. I was doing other things that I can't talk about. But I know it's a song they sing in, in Sunday school. Every promise in the book is mine. I want you to say it with conviction. Say it like you mean it. Not one of those, you know, like, say it like you mean it. Every promise in the book is mine. Every chapter, every verse, every line. Every promise. Turn and say, tell him, I got a promise, and you can't take it from me. Tell him, I don't care what you think about my promise. It's my promise. You just, just, mind, just mind your own business. Take care of your promise. Don't be talking about my promise. Don't be trying to talk me out of my promise. I got a promise from God. So shut your mouth. Someone said, we are trying to shut your mouth, preacher. Well, it won't work. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 4. 
Therefore, since a promise, everybody say promise, promise, remains of entering his rest. This is a promise concerning the rest of God. Let us fear, at least any of you seem to have come short of it. Notice this promise concerning rest. It is possible that you're going to have the promise of rest and never enter into rest. Concern yourself. Let us be, let us be full of fear, good fear. Least we come short of God's promise. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard did not profit them. You can have a promise and not profit from that promise that you have. The same promise that you have is the same promise they had. However, they did not profit from the promise. Not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. You can hear it. You might even be able to repeat it. You might be able to find it in the scriptures. You might sit under the teaching of faith people and people who believe in the promises of God. But until you believe that God has that for you, until you exercise faith concerning that promise, it'll profit you nothing. Hallelujah. Do I look mean, mean, uh, mad when I preach? I hope not. Because I'm, I'm just as, on the inside, I'm just as silly as I can be. I'm just happy. I'm giddy. I just, my way of communicating. And so hopefully it doesn't offend anyone. It's just me. But you know something? I don't want you to miss out. And I don't believe God wants you to miss out. I believe he wants you to profit from those promises that he's given to you. So. Numbers chapter 26. You know the story here. You know that there were 12 men that were sent in to spy the land. Ten of them came back with a bad report. As a result of the fear and the things they saw in the land of promise, everybody say land of promise, they came back with a bad report. They could have entered in as a nation that day. God was ready to deliver their enemies into their hands. As a matter of fact, there were 10 
that brought a bad report, and there were two, Joshua and Caleb, that said we are well able to take the land. As a matter of fact, Caleb said, he said their defense has been taken from them. They have no defense against God and the people of God. Let us go in immediately and walk in the promise that God has promised to us. They stayed out. They never entered in. They were right on the brink. Right there. All they had to do is step over and walk out what God had promised them. But because they did not believe in the promise and they did not believe in the God that was able to bring the promise to pass, because they refused to mix faith with what they heard, because of that, all but two of a generation died in the wilderness. Except Joshua and Caleb. And so let us turn to Joshua chapter 14. Hallelujah. I want everybody to smile at me. I like to be liked. Anybody like to be liked? If you work here and I hired you. Give, give him, give Johnny a good hand, will you? Anybody like to be liked? If I hire you here, don't worry, I'll never fire you. Dan will. Now this is 45 years later. Joshua and Caleb came back and said, we can take the land. The others came back and said, they're giants and we're grasshoppers in their sight. They instilled fear in the entire nation so they never entered in. But now 45 years later, they have another opportunity. The only two from that generation is Joshua and Caleb, but they have another chance. And so these are the words of Caleb when they finally entered into the land of promise. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive as he said. Everybody say, as he said. It's not what they say, it's what he has said. I want to say it again. It's not what they say. They will tell you all kinds of crazy stuff. Like you're too big, you're too tall, you're too wide, you're too white, you're too black, 
you're too dumb, you're too young, you're too this, you're too that. They will say a lot of things to try to keep you out. As a matter of fact, they will say that you're not able to go in and take the land. But I want to listen to the confession of Caleb where he said, we are well able. And so it is what he has said. Not what they have said. Has anybody ever given you some what they thought sound advice? Like Job's comforters? Stop believing and just curse God and die. That's a joke. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive as he said these 45 years. He was 40 at the time. When he heard the promise, and now he is 85. Let me tell you something. Maybe it was a long time ago that God promised you. Maybe it was a half a century ago when God spoke to your heart. Don't use your age as an excuse not to fulfill God's calling in your life. Hallelujah. I got a new marker for my life. I thought maybe it wouldn't be long, you know. But now if, if, if Caleb could say I am as strong today as I was when I was 40 and now I'm 85, Dan is going to see a, a cab pull up here one day. Hallelujah. It's going to be me getting out of, ca- out of a cab because I just got out of the nursing home and I'm coming with a big Bible to preach the gospel one more time. Come on, someone say hallelujah. I'm a strong preacher. What are you doing here? I broke out and I'm as strong today as I was when I was 40 years old. And I'll take up one of those Holy Ghost offerings. Buy all the depends I can. Peggy said, no, thank you. (laughs) And behold, the Lord has kept me alive as he he said these 45 years. Ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now, here I am this day, 85 years old. As yet, I am as strong this day as the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, So now is my strength for war, both going out and coming in. And now, therefore, give me that mountain. Turn to somebody and tell, give me that mountain. Ask somebody, have you seen your mountain lately? Where'd your mountain go? Everybody's got a mountain. Every one of us have a mountain. See, what happened was Moses promised Caleb that piece of property. And Joshua reiterated to Caleb that that mountain was going to be his inheritance. 
that was going to be what he was going to possess and what his children and offspring would possess. Now, let me tell you something about that mountain. There were still giants in that mountain. Now, I like Caleb's spirit, and I believe it is the spirit of this church. He wasn't looking for some easy, mamby-pamby, sissy little uh, park in the neighborhood to inherit. He wasn't looking for something easy. As a matter of fact, he was willing to take that which was difficult. Now, I want to talk for a minute with Caleb. Now, Caleb, what's the deal? You're 85 years old. Why don't you just take a little garden down here by the stream? Why are you so intent on taking that mountain? Why not that hill over there? Why not a little parcel in the valley? Why not that mountain? Why does it have to be that particular mountain? You know what I found out? You know the people that were caught, uh, that were kept out of walking in the promised land? You know the 10 spies that came back and they gave a bad report? And you know one of the things they talked about? They didn't talk about the honey. They, didn't t- they talked about the abundance of the fruit and the abundance of honey. You know what it is that struck fear in the hearts of those 10 spies? The giants that they found on that very mountain that God had promised to Caleb. Those giants convinced a multitude of people not to enter in. And Caleb said, I don't want a little little patch down by the stream. He said, I want that mountain. Now, Caleb, what makes you think that at this time of your life that you are capable of going and take that mountain and running those giants off? What is it? What is it that strengthened him? What is it that propelled him? Let me tell you something about people of faith. We value the promises of God above everything. Above how we feel, above how we look, and above what others might say above what someone else might bring a bad report, against public opinion, against those who are voting against us. We value God's promises above our circumstance, above what we see, above what we feel, and even the supply that we have at hand. 
God will always ask you to do a lot with a little. If you consider what you have in your hand compared to what God wants you to do, you will get discouraged. But if you believe that your God owns it all and you believe that God will give you everything you need to get the job done, if you believe that your supply and your source is the supply of heaven, then you'll go right ahead and do what God has asked you to do. You'll never mind the lack of anything in your life. Because we value the promise above everything. Circumstances, opinion, lack of whatever. We value the promise above everything. Turn to somebody and tell them, we value the promise above everything. It was that promise given to him some 45 years prior that propelled him and strengthened him and encouraged him to go ahead and say, I can take that mountain. I want to encourage you to do something. You know that dusty Bible that sits on the coffee table in your living room? That Bible that is too big to carry anywhere, that no one has opened it in a long time. I want you to get that dusty Bible out and pick it up along with those dusty promises that you have had for a long time. When is the last time you began to rehearse the promises that God has given to you? When is the last time you got them out and dusted them off and polished them up and began to talk about and boast in the Lord? When is the last time you got a promise out and said, I don't care what it looks like. I know what God has promised me. I don't care what they have said. I know what God has promised me. And therefore, give me that mountain. I have a suggestion for you. I'm not telling you not to pray. I'm going to see if I can redirect your prayers. Stop praying the problem. You go to some prayer meetings. You leave more depressed than when you got there. You hear about Aunt Molly's arthritis. You hear about Uncle Jeb's limp. We've been praying for Molly's arthritis for the last 25 years and Uncle Jeb's limp. We hear about everything. We hear about every woe, woe, every moan, every groan, every complaint. After a while, prayer meeting just kind of sounds like this. There's no sound of victory. There's no hope. You walk in full of faith. You leave so down. You know, it's just, oh, it's, you're surrounded by Debbie Downers. It is awful. I wish I could find someone who would come to a counseling session filled with the promise of God. 
I need a few of them to come see me. I've been seeing a lot of people over the last couple of weeks, and I don't mind talking to you. I am your pastor. I love you. I want you to get better. But I hope that somebody soon will come into that office and clear out all of that garbage that we have left in there for weeks with the Debbie Downers telling me about um, Aunt Martha's this and Uncle Jeb's that and whoa, whoa, whoa. I wish somebody would get a promise out and begin to believe it for yourself. I wish somebody would dust it off, shine it out, and begin to proclaim it. Will somebody say amen with me? Somebody rehearse what God said they were going to do in their life. There's something about when you rehearse it. Faith begins to arise. There's something about when you rehearse the promise. New passion comes. New strength comes. So, where's your promise? Where's your mountain? Has your desire to take that mountain waned because it's been 45 years? Is your desire to go ahead and fight the fight and win what God said was you because you heard there are giants in the land? Some of you have some real promises. How many of you have some real promises? Lift your hand if you've got some real promises. How many of you are believing for your, not only for you to be saved, but for your household to be saved? How many of you are believing for an outpouring in your life? How many of you are believing for a better next month than last month? How many of you are believing, hallelujah, for promotion and wealth and strength and healing? Come on, lift your hands up with me. You have a promise from God. But until you believe it, until you mix it with faith. Now, I, wanna, I can tell you, I can tell you where your faith is just by listening to your conversation. Just by snuggling up to you. Well, not like snuggle, but you know. Just by snuggling up a hair and listening to your conversation. Are you talking about the almighty God? Are you talking about the God that cannot fail? Are you talking about the one who promised and said, not only will I promise, but I'll bring it into fruition in your life? Are you talking about the goodness of God? Come on, someone say amen with me. What is coming out of your mouth? It was that promise that convinced Caleb that he could go and take that mountain, although it was 45 years in the waiting. It was that promise and believing that promise that strengthened him and gave him the strength to take that mountain. One other mountain I want to talk to you about. I'm going to be done in six minutes. Make it seven. If you believe it's six, you are exercising great faith. <laughs> Have anybody ever heard of a place called Mount Zion? Mount Zion, the city of our God. 
not only the city of our God, but the city of a man named David. Mount Zion. Mount Zion is a hill in the city of Jerusalem. Mount Zion has a special place in the heart of God. It is where the tabernacle of David was erected and the glory of God was upon Mount Zion. There are those songs of rejoicing, those songs that came and they were birthed there on Mount Zion. Mount Zion is a special place. Jerusalem is the city of God, but Zion is a city in a city. Zion is just that special place where the glory and the presence of God can be found. David and his men, anybody remember David's men? They were not, they were misfits and poor, they were poor, they were in debt, they were discouraged. They really weren't that great of an army and there wasn't that many of them. Zion was inhabited by a group of people. They were called the Jebusites. The Jebusites were an enemy of Israel. And let me tell you about Zion. Because it was a hill, it was well fortified. Nobody was able to defeat the Jebusites and kick them off of Mount Zion. Nobody. Joshua, with all of the armies of Israel, I tried his best to uproot the Jebusites from Zion, and he could not do it. With thousands and thousands and thousands of men, they could not get the Jebusites off the hill or Mount Zion. They were there for years. Years. There were great armies, including Joshua and the the armies of Israel that did their best to get rid of the Jebusites. No one could defeat the Jebusites. So here comes David with his handful of men. And David decides that he's going to take Zion for the sake of the glory of God. He decides that he is going to march up that hill. He's going to get rid of the Jebusites. And it's going to become God's property. Now, David, I want to talk to you. Sit down here, son. Sit down for a minute. I know you're young. I know you fought with Goliath. But David, listen to what I'm going to say to you. David, listen. You know those guys you got out there? They're not much of an army. Well, yeah, I know. They're, you know, yeah, but they can steal a car in about 10 minutes. Uh, <laughs> go down to the jail. Their name is carved in everything that's wood there. They're not really warriors. They're not great fighters. They've had little experience. And there's not many of them. There's just a handful of them. Great armies could not take that hill. But yet David decided him and these few men were going to displace the Jebusites. Now, David, come on. This is reality. Don't try it. You're going to get killed and all of your men are going to get killed. Don't do it. Now, David, having a little bit of spunk in him, he says to me, now look, son, you sit down. Thank you for the history lesson. But let me give you another history lesson that supersedes what you just told me. Well, what is that, David? Well, he said, I remember hearing this story about a promise that was given to Father Abraham. Oh, come on, someone say hallelujah with me. 
And he said, I remember that God Almighty gave him a promise. And God Almighty said, all of this land, including Mount Zion, belong to God. And I understand that those Jebusites are sitting up there on God's property. And because God God gave Abraham a promise, and I'm the seed of Abraham, that promise that was given to Abraham is the same promise that was given to me. It'll be that promise that will strengthen me and these men and will climb that hill and will win this battle for the Lord. Oh, come on, someone say hallelujah. It'll be the promise. So preachers, sit down and hush. I got a promise. Where's your promise? Where is it? Are you sitting on it? Is it in your wallet? Is it next to that old check that you've been promising to give to God and haven't given it yet? Where is it? Have you been talked out of it? Look, I'm a dreamer. I'm a dreamer. I am. I intend on kicking the devil in his teeth for the rest of my life. Come on, someone say amen. If I can't kick him, I'm going to bite him. And if I can't bite him, I'm going to hit him with my cane. And if I can't raise my hands to get my cane to hit him that hard, I'll gum him to death. But my life is going to count for the kingdom of Almighty God. And your life is going to count for the kingdom of Almighty God. You're not too tall, too small, too this, too old. Hallelujah. You've got a promise. And just like David took that place, hallelujah, for the glory of Almighty God, God has something for each and every one of you to do. And you're going to be strengthened by the promise. I'm going to ask you to do something. Just tell the person next to you what you're going to do for God. Just do that. Just get somebody. Tell them. Do it. Tell them. Tell them. If I don't hear you, then I know you're in trouble. Just just sitting all by herself. Turn around, sir. Let her talk to you, will you? What are you going to do for God? What are you believing God for? What are you believing God for? Oh, come on. I no, no, wait a minute. I heard somebody say, I'm believing God for a good breakfast tomorrow morning. That's stupid. I'm believing God to break a hundred in golf. That's ridiculous. What are you believing God for? Tell somebody, what are you believing God for? What does God have in store for you? What's God's promise for you? Really? Let me tell you something. You should rehearse the promise so much that the people around you get sick of you. They just just get sick. 
sick. Yeah. Oh my God, here she comes again. She thinks she's going to be successful in that business. Oh, Miss, uh, Miss Successful Businesswoman, here she comes. I'm so sick of this. I'm going to be successful at business. Well, then you can go ahead and be poor and not be successful, but she is going to be successful. You need to talk about it so much that the people around you start believing it for you. People come, go ahead, you can play, Jim. I know, I know you're anxious back there. To... Go ahead. I like it when you play anyway. Dan says he's not the anxious one. What time is it, Dan? Oh, you have a video? Okay. Go ahead, Jim, play. Please. Thank you, sir. Somebody give him a raise so he'll play a little more than that. <laughs> really. All of your vision, all of your dreams, all of your sense of destiny, all of your faith, all of your hope, all comes because we are people of promise. Don't leave here today with your promise tucked somewhere some secret corner get it out talk about it shine it the whole world see and as you believe his promise when the time is right you will be well equipped to get the job done don't let time or age or lack of anything or people's opinion talk you out of it I got a promise and it's my promise hallelujah stand to your feet with me and oh you got a film right Dan okay but I just want you to do something we're going to listen to a video so don't run out for just a second but I just want you I just want you I want you to take a little like a little piece of paper like in your mind just a piece of paper in your mind and get out that make believe pen do it in your mind come on get it out get it out and write that promise down right now or just write it on that piece of paper that, or that make believe pen and that make believe piece of paper write it down and I want you to put it in your hand. Fold it up and put it in your right hand. Just fold it up. This is what I'm believing for. And I want you to lift it up to heaven. Just lift it up. And say, Father, this is my mountain. Give me this mountain. Give me this mountain. I'm believing for this mountain you promised it I'm going to mix faith and you're going to do it in Jesus precious name come on and give God some praise with me here this morning <laughs> hallelujah okay